Well here we are in the beautiful town of Glastonbury, Somerset and we're very happy to be here. We've driven an hour and a half to visit this well-known part of the UK to preach about Jesus Christ. And you may say, why are you here? Well, quite simply to share some good news with you all. I'd like to think if somebody did something for you, you would share it with me, you'd share it with other people. Fifteen years ago, I was a Catholic, doing my own thing, enjoying life, thought I was good with Almighty God, and then once sin was revealed to me, I realised I had a problem. I realised I needed to be made right with the Lord. And the Bible says that is to be born again. And by the grace of God I was saved, transformed, and given everlasting life. Forgiveness of sins. And therefore our purpose today, and for the next little while, is to travel around the west of England, parts where I would imagine most people don't visit, and preach the gospel. Like I say, if somebody did something for you, I'd like to think you would share it with other people. As a Bible-believing Christian, we are commanded to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. We are commanded to explain why we are here, who the Lord is, and what he is all about. Just yesterday, I was uh, busy in Bristol city centre, and a guy came over to me and he said, uh, God is love. And I said, yes, he's love, he's also holy. The Bible says, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And sometimes we get the, uh, the balance wrong. Sometimes we focus too much on the love of the Lord and not so much on the holiness of the Lord. He's holy and he's also love. And I spent a few moments explaining the two sides to the nature of the Lord. And I guess if I hadn't have done that, who else would have done that? But like I was saying, we've just arrived here in Glastonbury and I appreciate it somewhat out of season. Thankfully it's not too cold, it's dry and we hope to spend some time here. We've got some tracts to give out, Bibles to give away and hopefully some people may wish to speak to us. The Bible speaks about a day of judgment. The Bible says that God has chosen a day out of the whole of eternity to judge the world. And you might say, why would that be? Well, because we are made in the image of God. And like I was saying a few moments ago, God is holy, and yet he's also love. If you can picture yourself as an ordinary citizen of this country, you know perfectly well that if you fall foul of the law, there are consequences. That's why we have courtrooms, magistrates, and judges. And depending on the crime that you find yourself being accused of, you have to give an account of yourself to the judge, to the magistrate, to the court. And of course the more serious, the greater the crime will be. One thing that shocked me 15 years ago was that the Lord looks at the thought life of people. Not just the deeds, but the thought life. And I was of the opinion that I wasn't a particularly bad person. I went to church regularly. I was pretty successful as far as society is concerned. Never done anything serious as far as I was concerned. And when I started to read the scripture, I, I was shocked. I was shocked that the Bible says if you hate someone, that is the equivalent to murder. I couldn't believe it. And I thought to myself, yes, I had an anger problem. I think like most people. And the thought of being found guilty 
in the eyes of the Lord for having unjust anger. I mean unjust anger, not a righteous anger. You say, what's the difference? Well, you watch the news every night, you hear some awful stories of people doing awful things and you naturally feel grieved. That's normal. And incidentally, that is your conscience. You don't inherit that from your parents or society. That's a divine thing. That's a normal, just anger. I'm speaking about an unjust anger. I'm speaking about losing your temper. I'm speaking about cursing people, cussing people. Like you get cut up in traffic and you want to get even with that person. And the Bible sees that as anger, as hatred, but more specifically as murder. It's a terrifying thought, just your thought life, never mind the deeds. Some people think, if I don't do this, or if I don't do that, I'm okay. No, you're not. The worst sin in the Bible, believe it or not, is unbelief. The Bible speaks about cowardice. Many people are too cowardly to crack open their Bibles, read the Bible, and check out the truth of why we are here, because they have a suspicion that the Bible is correct. And that's why so many people will bypass the Bible. It still remains the most sold book in the world. Society has tried to undo it. Evolution has tried to attack it. The Catholic Church has tried to destroy it. But it's still standing strong. Jesus said that heaven and hell would pass away, but his word would not. He said that the gates of hell would never, would never prevail over the true church. And that's why Bible-believing Christianity remains pretty strong worldwide to this present day. I know some people think that organised religion or going to church is what the Lord is interested in. No, he's not. He made the case very clearly from the last book of the Bible to come out of Mystery Babylon. And Mystery Babylon, as far as the Bible is concerned, is false religion. And it's a pretty broad subject, but in essence it's the wrong type of worship. It's the worship of self, not the saviour. It's the belief that somehow you are okay in and of yourself and you're not. If there's one thing that shocks people is that God doesn't think much of anyone really until they're born again. Yes he has a love for people but that love is conditional. That love is conditional on being born again. That love is based on receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. One occasion a man came to Jesus and he said good master what must I do to receive everlasting life? And Jesus said to the man, Why do you call me good? Nobody is good but one, being God. And this well-to-do man, maybe a member of the Rotary Club, a man who gave to charity, a very decent, upright man, was shocked. He thought he was a good man and he wasn't a good man. So the word good, or the term good, the definition for good means moral perfection. Only God is morally perfect, like all of the time. And some people think, well, I haven't being that bad, I'm still a pretty decent person. Well, the problem with that belief is that you put yourself on par with Christ. I mean, do you really want to put yourself on par with Christ? Can you walk on the water? Can you give sight to the blind? Can you give hearing to the deaf? Can you feed thousands of people? Can you ascend up to heaven and then come back to earth? in around 36 hours? Can you, can you grant everlasting life? Can you forgive people's sins? Can you give people peace of mind? Can you explain the true meaning of life? 
as I arrive here, walking around, I see many shops promoting magic, astrology, and what have you. And I'm always reminded that such religions want your money. If you haven't got any money, you can't buy the books, you can't buy the spells or the charms, the good luck bracelet, uh, bracelets. They want your money, you see. It's not just the occult. I'm afraid to say that religion does it as well. A lot of so-called uh, Christian groups do it as well. The Catholic Church have their belief that if you pay for your loved ones, all will be right with the Lord. I'm afraid to say that's an awful heresy. It's a terrible travesty. The Bible says very clearly that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't offer the Lord anything. Keep your money. He doesn't want your money. Keep your homes. He doesn't want your homes. Keep your cars. He doesn't want your cars. He wants you. In essence, he wants your heart. The Bible says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. If he has your heart, he has you. But if he doesn't have your heart, he doesn't have you. We will spend the next hour or two in this ancient city, this ancient part of Somerset, taking in the sights, hoping to speak to people, explain the true meaning of being born again. I know there are many churches here, we drove past several as we came in, but I would be very, very surprised if such churches stood on the street like this and preached the gospel all year round, spoke about heaven, spoke about hell, tried to explain why God is holy, why God is love, and why man is neither. And yet, if you are born again, if you receive him, if you turn to him, he will receive you, and he will make you alive. Fifteen years ago, I was pretty content doing my own thing, going to church, like I say. I was pretty successful, and then one day, I became aware of sin. I mean, for the first time in my life. Never mind all the years of going to church, like Mass. Never mind all the years of serving Mass. Never mind all the years of going to Marian shrines. I had no idea just how far away I was from the Lord. But by the grace of God he found me. The Bible says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I guess it's fair to say that if he didn't come looking for me, I wouldn't have gone looking for him. On top of that, by the grace of God, once he saves a sinner, he keeps that sinner saved. Organized religion offers a full sense of assurance and you can get lost in religion. I can tell you that my family produced five priests, but so what? The Bible says unless you are born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. You can't buy heaven. You can't pay to please the Lord. I wish people could understand that. Many people think if they just do this, or if they just do that, or if they give generously to charities, that all will be good. My advice would be simply this, to get born again, to get saved, and then do lots of good works. Be generous, give to charities. I have no problem with that. Be kind, take care of the homeless people. I have no problem with that. At our ministry, we like to look after the homeless people. We give them food and drink, we speak to them, we provide the basic uh, essentials to them, but we don't do so at the expense of the gospel. We explain the need to be born again. We explain the truth from scripture, that there's not a just man on earth 
that does good and doesn't sin. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. It's not our purpose here today to condemn anyone, but the Bible does say, if you didn't know that, you are already condemned by not believing. We are just simply five sinners saved by the grace of God. And we hope and pray that what we have been able to share with you over the last few minutes might be of some help. It may explain the deeper meaning to life. And like I said a few moments ago, I'd like to think if someone did something for you, you would share it with other people. Unfortunately, I've been a Christian 15 years and I've been all over the UK. I've been privileged to go to parts of Europe. And it's very, very rare that I meet someone taking the time out to explain their religion to me, why their religion is so special, why their religion gives them peace, why their religion guarantees them everlasting life. Most people do their own thing. Most people are only interested in themselves. But we are commanded to love our neighbours as ourselves. But ultimately, we are commanded to love Almighty God. The first commandment says to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Which then allows you to love your neighbour as yourself. So please allow me to ask at least one thing of you all, if I may. If you have a Bible at home, please open it. You owe it to yourself to at least check out what I've said to you. We have some Bibles if you'd like some. Or if you'd rather not take a Bible from us, that's fine. May I at least suggest or invite anyone to go online and read the King James Bible. We are very blessed in this country to have free internet access. There's really no excuse to be ignorant anymore. And people can read the Bible for free online. And they can check out what I've been speaking about. We're not here to push religion. We're not here to get a collection. We're not here to get people to join our church. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not Mormons. We're not Catholics. We're not Protestants. We're Bible believers. We're here to preach about a man. The man Christ Jesus. Who came to earth. Lived a perfect life. Fulfilled the law. I mean perfectly never sinned a day in his life and he paid the price for our sins and because he was able to do that God sees what Christ did for us and he will pardon us you see it's quite simply when you sin against God and we've all sinned against God only God himself can forgive you and that's why the Bible says that Jesus Christ is almighty God he's called Emmanuel which means God with us if he wasn't God he's no different to you and I if he wasn't God, I wouldn't be standing here preaching to you all. I'd have no message for you. The Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, the Catholics, every other group you can think of, if the truth be known, want you to join their church. They want you to start tithing. They want you to be a part of their communion, of their community. That's not what this is about. This is about a relationship, a personal relationship. You want to tell people about your love, your love, could be your wife, your husband, could be your kids. If you're very proud of them, you want to share it with people. And if you don't, something is wrong with you. Well, we are very proud of Jesus Christ. We're very proud of the Bible. We're very thankful and uh, delighted that he overlooked our sins. That we are forgiven. We are forgiven in spite of ourselves, not because of ourselves. So I shan't preach any longer. It's not our purpose to intrude into anyone's private time. I know many of you are coming and going from work, but I appreciate you listening to me and I hope, we hope, 
that you at least examine what you've heard today and check out what you've heard today and I promise you that if you do the Lord will bless you and above all if you turn to him if you receive him if you believe on him you'll be forgiven saved pardoned and the Bible speaks about having the perfect peace which passes all understanding so like I was saying I do appreciate that for some people religion plays a huge part of their life and I can understand that but if you have the wrong type of religion it's pretty worthless the problem is for some people religion becomes a way of life it gives them a full sense of assurance thankfully the scripture speaks about being born again the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free that's good news But of course the concern has to be what happens if you can't afford to get by with your religion. If you can't afford to buy the spells and the bells. If you can't afford to buy the crystals. If you can't afford to have masses said for your loved ones. What happens then? And I've observed this for many years that most religions are really only interested in your money. And once they have your money, they want to keep it. And you become enslaved to such a system. I think it's one of the reasons why the Jews went after Jesus. It wasn't just what he was preaching. It was the understanding that once a person received him, they wouldn't have to spend any more time under organised religion. There's a passage in the Gospel of John where it says, if we don't deal with this man, the Romans will come along, and take our kingdom away from us take our place away from us some people say well I'm not particularly religious and yet if you put a microphone to their mouth and listen to them for a period of time they like to say OMG it's a very popular term in the UK and the truth of the matter is this that most people if they admit it or not are religious you may not go to church but you are religious you may be an anti-Christian, but you are religious. You can't go a day without consulting the cards. You can't go a day without doing the rosary. You can't go a day without meditation. People are very religious. You say, why would that be? Because people are made in the image of God. Unfortunately, we live in a society now where people are talked out of religion. People are talked out or the need of a personal relationship with the one, the one, the one true God. I'd like to think when we leave here, not long from now, what we've done today hasn't been done before. I'd like to think people have heard the gospel preached for the first time. The Bible says how Christ died for the sins of the world. The Bible says he was buried and after three days he was raised from the dead. The Bible says if you put your faith in that, if you trust in that, you are saved. It's a free gift. It's wonderful news and it doesn't cost you anything. I want to keep saying that. It doesn't cost you anything. Keep your money. I've counted maybe 100 shops in this town that want your money. You can pay credit card, diner card, cash, check. Give us your money. No money, no crystals. No money, no cards. No money, no 
joysticks, no candles, no nothing. But thankfully, salvation is a free gift. Thankfully, someone has done something for you which cost you nothing. It cost the one that gave it to you everything, but it cost you nothing. At the last census in this country, I think it was about 60% said they are Christian. That's quite a high figure, isn't it? 60%. Not 6%, 60%. And yet I like to ask the question, where are all the Christians? Where are the Christians in Glastonbury? Where are the Christians in Bristol? Where are the Christians in uh, Western Supermare? Where are the Christians in Cardiff, Newport? I mean born again Christians, Bible believers. If God's done something for you, why not share it with people? Take the time to explain the gospel. Take the time to share the good news. If someone does something for you, why not share it with people? You may have some people try and attack you, try and verbally abuse you, that's okay. This is England. And last time I checked, we still have freedom of speech. We go through many towns and cities in this country. We hear buskers using their PA systems. We have to listen to their music. Some of their lyrics are offensive. But we're broad-minded. We're broad-minded. We're not easily offended. We don't start to cry. We don't start to complain. We don't start to whine like little children. We accept that people have their own view, and that's fine. Thankfully, this isn't a police state. Thankfully people can get a megaphone if they choose and speak about what they believe in. We have tracks. If you'd like some, we have free Bibles. If you would like some, please come over and speak to us. We won't be here much longer. Well, since I was a, a little boy around about a hundred years ago, it's always been my ambition to visit this town. And we as a group of preachers who are working through the southwest of England, decided that we ought to come here because this is the town of the legends of King Arthur, Guinevere, the sword in the stone, Avon and the Tor. But of course it's also where we hear all about Merlin the magician and that's why we wanted to come here because where you find Merlin you will find spells and the occult, water reading, divination and all of that. The only, the only antidote is Jesus won't Christ. Save you though, won't Jesus save you. Christ, the true God. Won't save Jesus you. Christ is coming back. Won't we live you. in end times. We can see as we look around the world many, many problems which will be unsolvable until the Lord Jesus comes back. Amen. It's no coincidence we can see what is happening in uh, North Korea at the moment. People are on very much on tenterhooks to see what's going to happen there. I wonder if people are praying that there will not be an outbreak of violence there. There are many Christians, born-again Christians, in South Korea who will be praying and probably praying for their brothers in North Korea. So this is the one reason that we wanted to come here this day on this very overcast day to give you the good news that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever is alive and will be coming back. The big thing of course is, when he comes back, how will he find you? What will be the situation when you are called to give an account of every thought, word and deed? It's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? You'd have to give all that. It's pretty heavy stuff if somebody asked you what your plans were, what you were doing a few days ago, something you were doing in secret, something silently. But you will be judged for every thought, word and deed. 
You're going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment if you're not born again. You will need an advocate. We've long known about the advocate of people like Man from Mansfield, George Carmen. You would need him if you committed a crime in this country. You would need him to be your barrister to plead for you. Of course, when we stand there that day, and it will come about, we will need the Lord Jesus to plead our case, to plead for us because we are sinners. And the simple thing is that you have to be born again. That's all it is. You repent, you become born again. So there it is, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Not a cuss word which we're hearing all the time. Not a cuss word where we hear OMG. It's not a cuss word where people use it all the time. I never hear Buddha being blasphemed. Have you? I haven't heard Allah being blasphemed. Have you? Or Sitting Bull or any of the Hindu gods, Ganesh or any of them. Never hear it at all, but it's Jesus Christ who takes it. Isn't that interesting? And of course, he said at the time, my name will be reviled and hated. 2,000 years later, that is being proved true. So as I say, Jesus loves, but you have to pay the price. You have to come to him as a sinner. You are a sinner. So from here, the people that we've come to talk to, we're going all around the southwest at the moment. We come to give you the good news, give you some Bible tracts, and we have some New Testaments to give away as well. Can't give you much more than that. Uh, might be able to give you a few of my views on the world or the Brexit or something like that, but really we're here for this purpose. So we'll be here for about another 10 minutes, maybe half an hour, and we'll talk to you later.